Hi! Quick note, everyone. So this episode has content about alcohol consumption and maybe a little strong language. We'll see what happens. Proceed with caution. Hi, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Hazel. And we're Carrot and Stick. A writing podcast that's all about trying out weird drinking advice on the internet and seeing if it's actually helpful in fighting writer's block. Am I allowed to keep that? Do I have to re-record it? I liked it. You can absolutely keep that. Excellent. This week, we tried out our 10th and final challenge for the season, which was write drunk. Which also seems to translate into record drunk. Yes, um, I have a, a beer and Hazel has a fizzy wine. It's an umeshu, for those who know. I also have a, a local drink, if you will. I'm drinking a get, off, get Up Off of That Brown, which is a Golden Road beer brewed in LA. Ooh, ah. Man, I just can't do beer anymore. Like, especially not craft beer. My, If anyone at my workplace hears this, they're going to laugh. But just, like, everyone is constantly talking about how great craft beer is, and I just don't give a shit. <laughs> Ooh, our first swear of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So we'll try to keep this episode more about our opinions on writing than our opinions on alcohol. We'll try our best. It might be hard. So um, when we say write drunk, what that actually means isn't like uh, swinging back several shots before you get started writing. It's just drinking an alcoholic beverage either before or during your writing time. Yeah, so just like one beer, a glass of wine, something like that. We're not going to stop you if you're just like shots, 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 shots. But like, are you going to write anything super good that way? I I don't know. If it's incoherent garbage, I don't know. So how many coherent words did you write this week? I wrote around 840 words. Um, Most of that was brainstorming in a notebook, though. So that was very much like I counted the words on one page and multiplied them by 12 sort of situation. How many words did you write? 2,177. Whoa! Wine unlocked your writing superpowers. Yeah, apparently. But also, I think my goal from last week, which was to just have more fun, really helped. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, so I wrote a lot of fanfiction, is what that means. <laughs> nice. Uh, fanfiction in what? Fan, faniverse. That's the term, right? Ooh, you're so close. I. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote fanfiction for this Japanese mobile game uh, called Bang Dream. And I added on to this fanfiction that I started like two years ago. I pulled it back from the archives and I was like, it's time to write even more of this. And uh, that fandom is Love Live. The premise is basically, like, what if they weren't adorable high school age idols, but instead they were vampires? Nice. So did you think that having a drink before or while writing was ultimately successful in terms of uh, writing? You may have guessed just from my attitude this whole episode, but yeah, yeah, I'd say it was a success. Nice. I'm not super inclined to drink normally, like not even at parties. And so drinking on my own was pretty new for me. What it was really good at was mentally signaling to myself, like, the day is over, it's time to relax and just have fun with whatever you're doing, which is exactly what I wanted for my writing this week. So it was perfect. Yeah, I kind of said that it was sometimes a success for me. It, it really depended because about half the time it was it was that same thing you were describing where if I had a relaxing drink, it would kind of put me in the headspace to relax and have fun while I was writing or I was brainstorming. But then the other half of the time, I just got so distracted, which really surprised me. 
Like my mind would just be like wandering or I'd be like, well, it's like relax and have a drink time. So that means it's also, oops, here I go picking up this graphic novel and reading it. I mean, again, not that that's really like a waste of a time if you're a writer. It's not a reliable challenge. Let's say it like that. Yeah, like sometimes it would like kill the productive vibes. And then other times I felt like it kind of switched off that little um, internal editor for me. You know, like the the little voice that's just like, well, you can't proceed until the sentence is perfect, that sort of thing. Like it, I think it allowed the words to flow a little better, which was good. Did you feel that same way when it came to the actual like what you were writing versus just kind of like the if you felt like writing? Like, did you think the alcohol helped with the actual words? I haven't gone back and read anything that I wrote during this past week, so I can't say too much about that. But like, I think it actually helped me focus more. I tend to drink really slowly. So my attitude towards it was just like, well, I have to keep writing until I finish my drink. I like that, that it was an unexpected, um, (laughs) an unexpected boon to like, I gotta keep going. Yeah, no. And then afterwards, I just felt like really content about like this, the writing session that had just taken place. Yeah, it's hard not to feel like you had fun if you were having a relaxing drink while you're working. You know, it really separates it from being like, I'm knocking back coffee and I'm being productive and it puts it in that fun space again, which is really cool. Which I feel like after all of these challenges, we kind of both needed. (laughs) I know, right? We needed a break. (laughs) Was there anything about this challenge that surprised you? Like I said, like, drinking alone is a new thing for me. And so I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like, I have extremely low tolerance. And so when I drink in social situations, I tend to get a little embarrassed by, like, how easily my intoxication shows. And I also tend to be really picky with drinks. But if it's just a solitary activity and it's designed to like, like help me relax so that I can focus on my writing, then like, who cares? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, I got this wine that had a really cute label. It was a fox in a green sweater. And the wine was terrible. I was so sad. Oh, no. Is that the same wine? Did you like kill the bottle anyway? Or did you go out to get something new to drink? The bottle is currently sitting in my fridge to try to make it more palatable. I've been slowly mixing it with sparkling water to try and just make it okay. Oh no, you could always turn it into cooking wine. Although a word of warning for people who think this is a good idea. I tried to do this one time with a really terrible beer that somebody left at our house, essentially, that was just so terrible that no one wanted to drink it. And I was like, I'll, I'll dump this in some beer biscuits. It just makes terrible beer biscuits. Like, the worst. If it tastes terrible, it's not going to suddenly not taste terrible. Like, I think glazing something with wine is a little bit different of a story because you kind of want the acidity on the food. But in this case, it was just like, oh, God, this is the worst biscuit I've ever eaten. So this week on Lizzie and Hazel's Cooking Corner, we have beer biscuits and wine glaze. (laughs) Only try beer biscuits with good beer. So did anything about the challenge surprise you? I was surprised by how inconsistent it was. Before I did this challenge, in my mind, I always thought alcohol is good for brainstorming and coffee is good for editing of kind of like if you're stuck, alcohol can sometimes help you relax and get ideas out. Um, And if you're trying to focus and catch mistakes and things like that, then you want something that keeps you more focused. But I really did feel like it really went either way with drinking of like sometimes it was really distracting and other times it did help you kind of like turn off that inner editor, as I mentioned. Um, So that's kind of surprising. I was also surprised by the fact that I still wrote even when I didn't do this challenge. That's the thing I noticed with morning pages and read before you write, right? Where like, if we didn't have enough time to read for 20 minutes, we wouldn't then write at all, you know, versus saying I don't have time to read, but I might just write anyway. And this challenge, I was really surprised by the fact that if I didn't want to drink, or if it was the morning, for example, I would still write. 
Uh, what distracted you from writing this week? This week, I had a personal or work engagement, like, almost every single evening, and that was horrible. Why are there weeks like this? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Also, one of the fanfics I wrote, the one about Bang Dream, the mobile game that it's based on, I recently got really addicted to it, and it's it's rough, man. Game addiction's rough. <laughs> oh, no. Love Live is the same. Oh, I, my, my tastes are showing so obviously in this episode, but just, like, when you have a mobile game that has good music and it's full of cute girls, like, I'm going to play it. <laughs> I was thinking earlier today when I was filling out my survey about kind of, like, addictive things and having an addictive personality, because when we were talking about kind of, like, people who this might be sort of, like, a triggering episode for... I definitely know that uh, in my family history, there's a history of addiction. And so I definitely am very mindful around alcohol and other substances. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I, I don't think I have a very addiction-oriented personality. I say having just admitted having a game addiction. I know. I mean, addiction also... Um, not to put you on the spot for using that wording, but it does get used like, uh, casually kind of like the word like stalking, for example, like it just gets overused for like, um, like exaggerated purposes, I suppose. I don't know. It's definitely an interesting topic that I'm always like thinking about in the back of my head. This is a fun point to mention that, uh, Lizzie studied primarily film in college, but she minored in psychology. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So distractions, what were they for you? That's the thing is when I got distracted drinking, uh, beer or wine, like, I was fine with being distracted. Just my word count was not super great or happy about it. I felt like what distracted me this week was that I definitely had the blahs a little bit for the last couple of days. But I really, honestly, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame daylight savings time. Define the blahs. What's the blahs? Oh, such a good point. I guess the blahs for me are feeling like, um, like I'm having a hard time achieving goals. Um, like I'm tired and I don't really want to work on things, if that makes sense. Like, And I think it's also sort of like a stress level achieved when a lot of stuff piles up. Oh, shit. That's like my whole life. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you there. Do you have anything you do to like get out of that state of mind? This is going back to the psych perspective, perhaps. But I generally notice that when you're in those kind of moods, it's really easy to get into negative thought patterns. And that's just kind of like the way you think about the stuff you do, you know, where it's where, for example, rather than, oh, boy, I get to wake up and record the podcast with Lizzie, you might be like, oh my god, I have so much stuff to do. And I can't even I I forgot about this podcast going on. I haven't even done like my survey. This is not supposed to be autobiographical. (laughs) Okay, first, get out of my head. And second, how dare you air our laundry with our listeners? (laughs) I'm so sorry. And it's very easy to fall into that sort of negative jaded thinking. Um, This is starting to sound new agey, but I swear it's not. This is basically like, cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's just where that's kind of like an idea where you go in and you try to change the way you think about things. So when I get like the the harumphs and the blahs, I just kind of like, try to remember that nothing is as bad as I'm thinking about it. And that I'm falling into these patterns a lot of times of being just like, I'll never lose weight, or I really failed today. And I try not to think that way. Like I try to focus on like tomorrow, I can do better. It's hard to do, though. I mean, it's so you don't think about your thoughts that much. They influence you in ways that you don't always realize in terms of your mood. And also, if you know self-care things that work on you, you know, I feel like those are helpful. Yeah. Structured journaling is good. Self-care is good. I know that going for a walk works, for example. I don't always go for the walk, which is part of the, like, I need to internalize, like, you will enjoy this walk, Lizzie, go for the walk, stop thinking I don't have time for a walk, you know? So sometimes it's just a matter of getting yourself to do the things. So speaking of getting yourself to do the things, what helped you this week? What inspired you? 
I mean, this is sort of on the negative end of things, but I got really, really mad and worked up this morning about the lack of female creators in comics, and it filled me (laughs) with a righteous fury, (laughs) which was kind of nice. I honestly, even though I know that we talk a lot about how I'm, I'm motivated by bad things, but honestly, I don't usually write using anger. If anything, I write using like kind of more like being upset, you know, and like sad about things. Um, I almost said shit. Ooh, swearing episode. <laughs> so close. I, my goal is to get Lizzie to swear this episode. Anyway. I know. I, I was like, I was like, things. And then I was like, well, I was going to say shit. And I can this episode. So yeah, I don't usually uh, find anger to be a sustainable fuel for creative things, even though it might seem like I do sometimes, but really I don't. But it, it reminded me just like how, how much I want to create today based on just being angry at uh, the way of the world at the moment reminded me of a Terry Pratchett quote that I really like where uh, basically Neil Gaiman, who wrote Good Omens with Terry Pratchett, uh, was recounting a story of one time where they missed this radio interview um, and were blacklisted by this radio station in San Francisco for like a decade. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he was talking about how uh, Terry Pratchett was just like seething and he was so mad. Like he was at that point of anger where he just like wouldn't say anything while Neil Gaiman was trying to like cheer him up, you know, and make jokes, which is totally who I am normally in that situation where I'm just like, here's a funny. And the other person's like, I don't appreciate it. I'm trying to be angry. And the quote is that Terry Pratchett seethed, do not underestimate this anger. This anger was the engine that powered good omens. I just love that quote. And I think about it often when I am mad at things. And it's like, anger can totally be like a a fuel for work, I think. What inspired you this week? My uh, inspiration this week was a lot less uh, anger-oriented, though I can see where you're coming from. I feel heard and less angry. Uh, I went back to the basics, so just kind of asking myself, like, what do I have the most fun writing? What's the first thing that comes to mind when I sit down? And just working around that. Instead of trying to, like, hold myself to really intense, like, structures or plans, I was just like, let's just go nuts this week. It's fine. I love that you did that, and that... I mean, oh my gosh, you wrote like 2,000 words. Clearly, you were having such a good time. I could have done even more if it weren't for my stupid work schedule. Ugh. Okay, anyways. (laughs) So what are your goals for next week? So as we've hinted on the podcast before, we're going to be taking a short break and uh, kind of seeing what challenges from the whole season stick, and then coming back to do a bonus episode where we reevaluate everything with the all-seeing lens of time. So my goal is to keep up this pace of writing and uh, to see what challenges I end up incorporating into my usual schedule. Very cool. Very cool. Um, My goal is basically to outline uh, the rest of the issues of the graphic novel I'm working on, because I feel like that's the big hurdle, is that I need to make a beat sheet. Or I don't need to. I have (laughs) self-imposed that I need to do a beat sheet for the structure um, of where, like, her character art goes and all of that good stuff. Um, And I want to make sure that I actually do that. So because I feel like that was the thing I was putting off towards the end of this week and getting distracted from was I was like, oh, I got to figure out like what she wants and like what her flaw is. And like, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Dude, I feel you, though. Like one of my biggest struggles with working on um, that original story over the course of this season was kind of trying to nail down my protagonist and like really get a sense of who she is and like making her into a person that like I want to see succeed and I want to write about. It takes time. To fabricate someone so that they are a real person does not happen overnight. So overall judgment, writing drunk. Do it. It's fun. Yeah, it can't hurt. Unless it can, in which case, don't do it. Be smart. And if you find that you're getting super distracted, like, take a break. So yeah, next week, like Hazel mentioned, 
we are going to give ourselves a chance to just write without any challenges and basically see what we actually do based on the last 10 weeks. Like, are we going to suddenly sit down and write more in pages? I don't know. But I think the interesting thing will be if we, for example, write down our progress or not. If we turn to pump up jams or affirmations, who can say what the future will hold? On that note, I think it's time to wrap it up with our weekly favorites. This wasn't from this past week, but it kind of fell under the radar for me. One of my favorite fanfics, uh, which is called Vienna Waits for You by Poulaire on Archive of Our Own, which is a haiku fanfiction. It posted its last chapter this week, and the epilogue is forthcoming, but the main story is essentially done. The full arc of the story itself has been such like an emotional ride <laughs> from beginning to end, and it was so satisfying to finally see it come to a conclusion. It was so beautiful and wonderful. I, I If you enjoy Haikyuu, I really recommend it. I think this is the last time that we're doing our weekly favorites, and Lizzie put a whole bunch of things down, so I just want to like also give a shout out to my other favorite fanfics on the website, which are the one I just mentioned. For Yuri on Ice, there is this amazing piece called No Less Unthinkable by Rage Proof Rock. I just want to read the summary here. Like, it's so... I don't think I can summarize it any better, but it says... Uh, in which Katsuki Yuri fights a losing battle with chronic anxiety, the quadruple Salko, and his own judgment four drinks in, but wins the war. And I read all of this over a uh, plane flight, I want to say, which made the journey so much more tolerable. Um, if anybody is traveling this season, what you should do is go to Archive of Our Own and download in PDF form a bunch of fics that you want to read and bring them on the plane with you and just binge read all winter. That seems like a solid plan. And then the last one is a fan fiction for Hunter Hunter, and it's called Only the Dead Know. And it is a prequel that describes Kite's life prior to the story starting. It's one of my favorite Hunter Hunter fan fictions out there. And considering how much I've read and how much I love Hunter Hunter, that is saying something. Okay, Lizzie, <laughs> what were your weekly favorites? No, yeah, I love that you listed more because people need to get through the long, dark night before our last episode and beyond that, obviously. Yeah, the long, dark nights of the winter holidays. <laughs> I mean, but actually. Which are not happy for everyone. Yeah, no, I know, right? Because of my Righteous Fury, I felt like listing some amazing female comic authors who write and draw comics for you guys, because I thought that that would be kind of a nice nod to how angry I am about the lack of female representation in the industry. So I'm not actively reading very many of these, but here are some cool recommendations. Uh, if you like fun memoirs, I would recommend anything by Lucy Nisley. Um, she's most well known for her book Relish, which is basically a memoir of her childhood through the perspective of her mom, who is a caterer and a chef. And it's filled with recipes that are illustrated and hand-drawn, which is really cool. It's like half memoir, half cookbook, which is so awesome. Um, if you like more experimental stuff, I would suggest Everything by Lily Carre. Um, she's an animator who does uh, little quick animations and runs, I think, like an experimental animation festival as well. Um, her book, Heads or Tails, is amazing. If fun fantasy and hijinks is more your style, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson is so good. And if you are more of a Marvel or DC gal or guy, I would recommend Ms. Marvel by G. Willow Wilson. Also, not by ladies, but about ladies are two awesome image comics. One is Rat Queens, which is all about um, a group of four women who are basically different D&D characters in a really funny parody D&D world. And the other is Paper Girls, which I feel like can't even be described. 
but it's by the um, author Brian K. Vaughn of Saga. So if you like Saga, you should totally check out Paper Girls. So that was basically everything we love in a few minutes. I hope you enjoyed. These recommendations have been cultivated over many moons. <laughs> also, anyone who actually knows me in person, I will literally like hand one of these books to you anytime, any day. Yeah, and for the fanfics, you can find them linked on our blog, which is Carrot and Stick Podcast at Tumblr. Also, we are doing a giveaway to celebrate both the end of the podcast for this season um, and also to try to get you all to leave iTunes reviews. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Essentially, all you have to do is leave a review on iTunes um, and take a screenshot of that or just send us an email and let us know that you left it and you will be entered into our competition to win three beautiful notebooks. There's a photo on Instagram of them. We'll also post it on the blog, but they are very cute. Do you want to paint a word picture for one or two of them just to like give our listeners an idea of what's in store? Yeah, one is a medium format lined rifle paper company notebook that has a beautiful array of flowery pastels on it. Uh, The second one is a blush and gold art deco notebook that I am slightly crying inside to part with because it's so beautiful. Uh, Also lined, also great. And the last one is a mini pocket notebook that looks like a birch tree. It's got everything you could possibly want in one notebook bundle. It really does. You can do morning pages. You can brainstorm. You can just straight up write whatever you want in them. They're great for everything. So if you want to get your hands on those delicious notebooks, write us a review and let us know you did. The other way that people find our podcast other than iTunes is when you recommend it to a friend. So now we have a full season for your listening perusal. So if you have any writer friends who are kind of struggling with motivation or just want to hear other writers talk about writing as a way of getting more excited about what they're working on, you should show them our podcast and hopefully other people will be able to get good things out of it. If you enter the contest and leave a review, you can also tag us with a photo on Twitter using our handle, which is Lizzie and Hazel, and that is Lizzie with a Y. I'm really going to miss saying that, (laughs) y'all. You can also reach us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, a great place to send those entries or screenshots of them. You can also follow us on Instagram at carrotandstickpodcast to see a beautiful photo of the notebooks. Thank you so much to Slime Girls for letting us use their track You Belong off of the album No Summer No Cry for the intro and outro music of the Carrot and Stick podcast. It has been such an honor to mix that into the episode every week, and I love this track more with every passing day. You can find the track and all of their other work at slimegirls.bandcamp.com. We will see you all in episode 11, our bonus episode for the season and our last episode of the season. In the meantime, hug a cat, write some words.